You are about to listen to an episode of the SMA My Way podcast. Accessibility is important to us. So if you would like to listen along with subtitles, you can follow the link on our YouTube version in the episode description. There you will also find the link to the transcript of the episode. This is a series made by people living with SMA, but it's a series for everyone. Hello, I'm Pia Lemmetty. If you have listened to part one of my episode, welcome back. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the SMA My Way podcast. We hope you love it. Hi, Anna, how are you? I'm really well, Pia. Good to see you and thank you for having me for this conversation. Thank you. So Pia, actually an area that I'd like to briefly discuss because you have so much expertise on how to ensure that diversity and inclusion actually happens in our societies and businesses. But before I do that, I just want to acknowledge the work that you have done around your own emotional intelligence. Please go ahead. So people listening to this podcast don't know the partnership that we have now had for for a few years. And I know from seeing you every now and then and having conversations with you that in this role as a mother and a caregiver, there are a lot of emotions. So I just want to acknowledge all the work that you have done around feeling your feelings. And my take on that is that your emotional intelligence has actually helped you to be a better leader as well, and hopefully a better mother and caretaker. But just to say that these people being caretakers to, for example, children with SMA, definitely have a lot of emotions there. That's very true. And how you have bravely processed them and felt them is something that I am astonished by. So just wanted to highlight that in our conversation. Thank you very much, Anna. I love how you said it and yeah. I feel so much stronger and, and so powerful because you always seem to be able to point out these things that are really important to me and, and make me feel good about myself. And yes, emotions, they are, I mean, we all have them and I I've always been quite open with showing my emotions and uh, that's something that I always encourage to to people who work for me to do as well, because I think that emotions play a big role in every time people are together and we can't really exclude, you know, that we have our private emotions, what happened in our home or, or with our relationships with other people. And then we come to work and we are like no emotions at all. So I think that people should be seen as as whole and and these emotions good and bad they should be allowed of course to a certain extent at work like one has also have to have some some kind of control over the feelings but i think that I, i've been always willing to speak openly about my feelings even the most dark ones and the negative ones and i realized that it doesn't make me any worse person if I feel negative about something. It's like, it's it's not me. I'm not negative. I just have negative feelings or I'm disappointed or, or sad or there are many, many, many feelings that I can go through. And, and I think that I would like encourage everybody to speak about their feelings and, and show them to others because 
I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, people might actually feel feel compassion and, and understand you better, really. Absolutely. And you know, sometimes if I can even imagine how your everyday life is, simply sometimes to st- stating that I'm so tired or today was not the best day or I'm just really upset, sometimes the simple act of voicing, articulating, naming what we are experiencing releases the energy of it. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. really power to having that emotional intelligence and being able to connect with ourselves in a way that we understand what's happening in our experience. And certainly you have done a fantastic job in this. So I just want to give you some kudos on that. Thank you. I'm thinking if I should share a secret with you and all the listeners. Well, yes. <laughs> you know, we talked about feelings and, and we talked about bad negative feelings too. And sometimes I do feel really frustrated and this can also relate to the feeling, not feeling enough, what I, what we talked about earlier, but like sometimes if I'm really stressed or I feel that I really messed up something or that I, I I really wasn't enough. Do you know what I do? No. I go in my car and I close the doors and I scream and shout so loud as I can. And if somebody is in the traffic, like next to me, they might be looking that, okay, is she okay? But it's like the perfect therapy for me, screaming and shouting in a car by myself. And I explained it is my, this to my friend and she was thinking that, oh, you are crazy. Then like nobody does that. And then about two years later, she went through a divorce and, and, and some other stuff. And she called me one day and said, Pia. I was screaming in my car and God, that felt so good. So I can tell you, give that as a free hint that like, if you have no other way to, to let your feelings out, go into your car and, and let it all come out. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because emotions are energy. They want to be, they want to come out. They want to be expressed. So I love that. I, I do give my <laughs> clients tips to go to the forest and shout there or do whatever they okay. feel compelled to do. Because when we have that moment, after that, did you feel better? Yeah, it's it's like you take shower, yeah. internal shower. Yes. Like, yeah, it's 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 amazing how you feel so so refreshed, and and then you can take a deep breath and go back to your family and smile, and everything is perfect again. Yeah, thank you for sharing your secret. I I love being part of that. <laughs> yeah. So, Pia, would you be happy to share a bit more about your work life? And could you also share some challenges that workplaces and employees need to overcome? For me, work has been the best therapy ever because, you know, I told you that like when I found out that my daughter has SMA and I felt miserable, I also quit my job. And I thought that I I don't want to work anymore, that I just want to be a full-time caregiver. And that took less than six months, I, I realized that, okay, I need to do something, something else than just to be at home. And that's where I started to rebuild my career. And and that was like the beginning of the journey towards where I am now. But uh, the reason why I encourage people to work, even though it would be part-time or just a few hours in a week, but to do something is that, you know, Work is something that we choose. 
it's our own choice. Like it's something that we have chosen what we want to do and we can use our strengths and, and the education that we have. And like this also goes back to the fact that we make decisions and it's the decision that we make that we work and it's our own decision. So it makes us happy. Right. But instead of like nobody decided that, okay, I want to be an SMA parent or I want to have SMA. So it's, it gives you balance. It's easy to do stuff that you have chosen and, and it's, it's a good balance for the things that you haven't chosen, but you still have to live with. And then the other aspect about work life is SMA people in, in work life, like how are they treated and how do they cope? And that is a whole different issue. It would be an awful waste if they would not be admitted to work life just because of their disease or incapability to walk because there are a lot of talents and intelligence within these people. So I think that there is still a lot to do when we talk about diversity and, and accessibility of, of work life, but it's something that should be done and not just said in companies, really nice websites that we are really diverse and all that, but this is something that should be actually done in real life, not just in theory, because if we don't make work like life accessible for those who have SMA, we are wasting so much talent. Can I share my perspective from a coaching point of view? Yeah. So I absolutely agree. And I've seen several studies where it is stated that a diverse workforce is more effective and productive. However, just having a diverse workforce alone is not enough, but we need to actually harness that capability that comes from that diversity. And this is what many organizations miss. So when I work with leaders, and even if the question of diversity is not on the table, simply consider now the conversation that we have had here, Bia. What is the utmost objective of my work is to increase the awareness of my client so that they can make better choices. So from if I, if I take this into the diversity question, for me, it is really about leaders in businesses starting to be more aware of themselves and their impact around the question of diversity so that they can start to see how do we actually promote a culture that promotes diversity and start to implement how we want to bring vision future into today. And that requires things that we have discussed today, like emotional intelligence, presence, vulnerability, honesty. Sometimes the leaders must be the people who are like, I don't know. I, I, I've never met anyone with SMA. I don't know how to best work with you. However, I am open, I am willing, I'm curious, I want to learn. So for me, the question is really about the mindset, about the attitude, and for the leaders to work with themselves so that they can recognize their own blind spots and so start to promote this culture of transparency, conversation, where people with diversity, and let's be honest, diversity comes in so many forms. So this requires an entirely new 
way of working together and culture. And for me, it always starts with the leaders because, you know, they set the tone and they promote certain things that then permeate the organization. So for me, this diversity question is very interesting and fascinating because it's an opportunity for organizations to really think about what do we stand for and not just always go after the money, but be like, what do we stand for? Do we stand for diversity, innovation, creativity, culture? Like, let's be honest, what sort of a legacy are we leaving here? So we are talking about really big questions. And I think in from, coming from this angle, the di- question of diversity and inclusion can be a very fascinating conversation with leaders because you need to get really real. You need to get really honest and not just talk about the usual business jargon. So that's my, that's my invitation to the leaders. And uh, this is my hope for people with SMA or people who are in any, any way um, considering that they are part of diversity and inclusion and making sure that all of us contribute and do our part in this conversation. It's, it's fantastic what you said. And like what I heard is that you said that it's okay that you don't know because like we, yeah, it's, it's completely fine, but then you just need to say it out loud that you don't know and, and you need to dare ask, dare to ask questions. How can I help you? Or like, what does it need from our company to, to hire you? Like what special arrangements do we need to do? Or is there any, but then it's so easy to just say, no, you don't do this and, and look elsewhere, but it takes some strength. And like you said, some wisdom and understanding of, of emotions and, and actually express that you are not an expert in everything. And it's something that not all the leaders do have. I think, well, I hope that I as a leader have been successful just because I've been able to say that I don't know, but I want to learn and please tell me. And I hope that many people would listen to this and, and, and really understand that it doesn't take miracles and you don't need to take the moon out of the sky. You just need to listen and learn. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes not knowing, being curious and willing to learn, that's the most powerful position to be in. It is. Yeah. And I think from that place, you can create tremendous change that will also be seen on the bottom line if people are worried about the money. Right. But that that has a wider impact on other aspects as well. And to my understanding of your experience and your daughter, certainly the SMA community has huge, huge potential and contribution to bring into the workforce. So hopefully this conversation will continue and and not just be a conversation, but actually go into action and new kind of behaviors in organizations over the coming years. That's what I hope too. Yeah, it's been really, really nice talking with you. And like always, I I feel that you have given me so many new things and new aspects to think about again. So we really need to do this on a regular basis. It's like you are lifting me up every time we speak. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Bia. And, you know, from my point of view, 
I feel like I am only reminding you of who you are, right? So I, I really enjoyed today's conversation and I have learned so much from you today and, and beyond. And it's an absolute privilege to be working with leaders who are leading in this more vulnerable, open, uh, and with a mindset of curiosity and learning. So I appreciate you for that. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you soon again, for sure. If you enjoyed this part of the episode, part one covers my life as a caregiver and the process of coming to terms with a SMA diagnosis for your child. You can find part one on your streaming platform of choice. For more information on SMA My Way, please visit global.smamyway.com. Thanks everyone for listening.